0: It is exactly 8.35 on Metrev. Happy Freedom Day to you, South Africa. Now, today we are celebrating and marking 28 years of freedom. It's a theme that has been reverberating throughout the nation today. Various political parties have been giving their Freedom Day speeches. And uh, the, the President of the Republic of South Africa, President Ramaphosa, was speaking at the main Freedom Day celebrations in and Namshlanje, and said that despite Concerning crime figures and the challenging economic conditions faced by many South Africans, that South Africa is still in a better situation today than before 1994. Now, he also said that the government was working to improve the conditions of people who are living in poverty and that this included addressing the land issue. And we know that that's a volatile issue. It's seminal and it's central to so many South Africans. The question that we're asking tonight is, is it possible to achieve some of these issues in South Africa without attaining economic freedom? Inequality, there's poverty, unemployment, these are the, the perils that South Africa is is, is is fighting against right now. And another main question, what exactly is economic freedom? We talk about it, but what exactly does it mean? How does it look like? Now, to unpack this, we're joined tonight by Ms. Lebohang Mulaisi, economist and labor market policy coordinator at KOSATU. Happy Freedom Day to you, ma'am, and thank you for your time tonight.
1: Happy Freedom, data, me, and thank you for having me on your show.
0: Now, perhaps let's get straight to the heart of the matter. Economic freedom is a, a buzzword or a buzz phrase in South Africa right now. But what exactly does it mean? What does economic freedom look like?
1: Sure, and and that's the main question that everybody is asking themselves. Economic freedom is basically, and in the most simplest terms, the ability to participate in the productive economy of the country, to be able to trade skills um, freely, to be able to trade goods and services um, freely, and to be able to achieve um, some sort of benefit from deriving those goods and services and uh, also trading your skills and the, the benefit that you would would derive, it comes in a, in, a, in, a, in a financial form. So it's basically the ease of being able to participate meaningfully in the economy and the productive sector of the economy.
0: And what are the obstacles that are preventing the majority of South Africans from being able to participate, as you say, with ease in the economy?
1: Sure. So, so there's a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of barriers um, that prevent us from freely participating in the productive means um, of the economy. It's not, a, it's not a silver bullet type of answer that you could give to such a question. And, you know, this is also has to do with the fact of our history, really, which creates structural problems um, that prevent us from freely participating um, in the economy. Some of them are financial Um, In nature, others have to do with the lack of, you know, the appropriate skills to be able to participate in the economy freely. Others have to do with, you know, the race. Others have to do with with gender, um, particular gender still um, finding it's very difficult to participate in certain sectors of the economy. Others are historical in nature. Um, so so there, are, there are a multiplicity um, of challenges and barriers. To me. Some of them, um, you're able to see those barriers, and some of those barriers are even invisible in nature, so it becomes very difficult to even address them um, through policy intervention. So in, in a nutshell, there is a multiplicity of, of, of barriers um, that keep us um, from being able to freely participate in the means of productive um, capacity of the economy.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, melebohang um, and and then after the break, give you the opportunity to 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 answer it. But but mm-hmm. as you are asking, and and as we are quite aware, because there are a multiplicity of of causes, a multiplicity of 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 hindrances, I'm, I'm going to ask you, what are the bare minimum uh, requirements that one needs to tackle because it's a very tiered approach, right? One of mm-hmm. them is, is entry level that opens up the gate, and as you get mm. higher up the food chain, you can maybe start talking about you know um, you know skills, etc. But maybe skills mm. is 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 primary and is foundational. So mm. what are the the foundational elements that need to be put in place in order to open up the market and to make it easier for? the majority of South Africans, to be able to participate in, in the economy. I'll, I'll leave you to ponder that just for a moment. We'll be back mm. in just a while. It's exactly 8.41 on Metro FM Talking. why don't you contribute to this conversation as well? You can give us a call in the studio on 89 110 or you can send us a voice note on 079-191-4270. What does economic freedom look like to you and perhaps more importantly, what needs to be done to ensure that it's a reality for the majority of South Africans. It is exactly eight forty-two on Metro FM. Talking conversation tonight with Ms. Lebohang Mulaesi, economist and labour market policy coordinator at Ms Mulaesi, we're talking about what are the, perhaps the first steps that need to be addressed in order to adequately be able to tackle the issue of um, e- economic freedom. Are we looking at poverty or is it education? Um, is it employment? Is it inequality? What do you believe if we are to put together a strategy and a 10-step a, a plan, what would be step one in trying to reach the holy grail of economic freedom?
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, the, and I think the, the, the gray area here is that, you know, you can develop holy grails and 10-step plans, um, but that, those haven't been sufficient in helping us to answer this question because, like I said when I started, you know, this is such a complex issue. But I think the best place to start, Tony, has always been in addressing the skills challenges in our society. Um, pre-1994, we clearly had a massive skills gap. And following um, post-1994, coming into the democratic era, there has been strides to try and close, you know, that skills gap. For you to be able to participate meaningfully in the economy, you have to address a need in the actual economy. And the only way you can address that need is if you have a skill that addresses that need. So to a large extent basic education, um, higher education, and addressing those issues allows us to, to fill in that critical skills gap. And then the second layer of this is the issue of resources an inadequate um, provision of resources to our people. So even though people have a skill that they can offer, but because they don't have the ability to acquire financial resources or capital, they are constrained in their ability to be able to participate in the economy. So that's why we have so many people who have the relevant skills, but they can't participate in the economy because they don't have the resources that allow us to unlock those skills so that people can participate meaningfully in the economy. Another layer to this, Tammy, is the access to opportunities. You know, we, we don't give enough opportunities to our people, and I think this is where the structural problems are. That even if, you know, you do have a particular skill, but if you don't have an opportunity that allows you to unlock that skill and, and to participate in the economy, that creates another level um, of difficulty. Added to that, we need to also create a regulatory environment that allows you to participate meaningfully. And that was that that free participation in the economy that we were talking about. And that's assisted um, through an enabling and a regulatory environment that allows you to meaningfully and freely participate um, in the economy. And I think maybe just as a last thing, and this is something that we usually don't talk about, um, but it's around the elimination of, you know, invisible barriers to participating in the economy. When I started... Um, I talked about the issue of, you know, some, some opportunities are gendered in nature, so women can't participate in particular sectors of the economy because there is a, there is a, there, there is an invisible barrier that is preventing women from participating in those particular economies. So we need to also take some sort of strides to eliminate those barriers so that regardless of your background, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, you can freely and fully and meaningfully Participate in the economy. If I had to, if I had to bring about a bag of, of solutions, and and it's easier to talk about them as in a quick checklist, but to actually do them is actually something quite complex. But I think, at the nutshell, if you were to address these issues, you could fundamentally deal um, with the issues of of economic um, access um, and participation within the economy. Uh,
0: I, I like the summary of those five points. And, and looking at them, they all will somehow impact the, uh, you know, if you're looking at the food chain, or one would look at the foundational or the bottom part of the food chain, um, or if you look at, at Maslow's you know hierarchy of needs, or you're looking mm. at the pyramid, it would be that bottom tier of the pyramid which is the broadest part affecting the larger part of the population these five areas that you've spoken about would speak directly to that population but i'd like to skip all the way to the top which would be the apex of this triangle and we look at big business and we look at politicians is there a danger Looking at the really close relationship and close ties between politicians and big business, and and the danger that I'm alluding to here is wealth circulating, you know, in that apex and actually not uh. filtering down and serving only the elite or serving only the connected or serving only those with some sort of of ties and 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 um, and, and, and and connections.
1: Absolutely. So so so. Honey, I mean. I don't have to tell this to you or to your listeners. We are the most unequal country in the world. Um, and we see that inequality play itself um, in our society. The concentration of wealth at the top is a big problem, and it's a big problem for, 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 for our society. The fact of the matter is that you know, the trickle-down effect of 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 you know allowing the 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 the, the, the richest to amass their wealth and hopefully bring down some sort of trickle down effect to the poor has not um taken place in our society in the early two thousand you know there was large strides when it came to economic growth and there was big amounts of growth up to five to seven percent but when you look at what that meant for the bottom and uh, uh, from the yeah, for the people at the bottom and those who are the poorest of the poor, that doesn't necessarily translate into them, you know, increasing their economic participation because the trickle down effect doesn't really work in, in real terms. So the concentration of wealth is clearly a big problem in our society. And the fact that productive capacity is in the hands of a few people is really a challenge for our society and one that needs to be addressed quite decisively. We need to break up the concentration of ownership.
0: The the current paradigm and strategy that we have is that very trickle-down strategy. How then do we topple it? And how do you get a bottoms up approach? Uh, I'll ask you to answer that in in just a moment when we return. Uh, Are we talking about a complete overhaul of systems or are there measures that can be put in place that will shake up the current status quo in order to facilitate economic equity? for the majority of South Africans. I'll give you a moment to answer that in just a moment when we return um, after paying the bills. We're in conversation with Me Lebohang Mulesi, economist and labour market policy coordinator at KOSATU. It is eight fifty-two on Metro Talk with Mayor Lebohang Mulesi who joins us to talk about issues of economic freedom. Uh, but let's hear from you. Oh eight nine double one zero double three double seven. We've got uh, Lebohang, who is on the line. A uh, very good evening to you. Welcome. Are you with us, Dade? No. All right, let's see. We've got... Uh, shall we take Boniso from KZN? A very good evening, sir. Yeah, Sir <laughs> ça. Oh, ça va.
2: D'ailleurs, ça vaailing par la <laughs> première Kote rangi na namjewo bongo mtomo mwa a gizinte elakizwa nengele okay tiz kuleta kushuruenda uku inge tizwa nengele nengelewe kuchini in kato inge lugo nzima kwa ngati kulevo isanu diga kuhuru kubanda abati Young in ufukwa taka kuku kumla na dutua yalwe la inkumbu laosina njia amanije ndeombwa ngai. earlier on who was in the
0: yeah. studio. Akuluma, about the role of young people
1: in the struggle.
0: Mm. Uguti, mm. it is the young people who have to take the struggle and hold the authorities mm. to account. Kepha, bantabangane, bapizi, baya chai, baya tanisa, they're having a good mm. time, baya puza, baya pema, and bona bai lali ndimayabu. Menjele mm. rombo. Yeah, so mm, so so, whose fault is it then or whose responsibility is it then to ensure Uti, the youth are actually living up to the potential that they have because it's the youth 16, it was the young people who stood up and who rebelled and then that was also a huge catalyst in where we are so if the youth themselves who is going to take this struggle forward Hey,
2: what the girls go? Java needs to ventish out, Mobotong, Go, I want to Go. but Umo to We are wanted to kill it, paddling, and Jobs to a young So go, we to tell Mammonian Dama the woods in the woods. Dama also jabo na kuna lohuko sengenao matragu mtaraji kuti ni tusisi iki la ngao uwe na uweka, kisha ampe uuzaji kuti, ukufanya luyenzi, kisha ampe igono au ngazi kuti, kuishije injela, etsen zangai, kisha ampe nenzela, uuzaji kutikasa, ukufanya luguti sisi upi la ngai, kwa hoba, umaguti sisi pila ngalengel, kule utulien,
0: for your views, calling us all the way from uh, Guazulu, Natal. I mean, you could hear talking about the challenges that young people are facing, uh, you know, challenges of drugs, of really being unattentive to what's happening in the country, but also being at the end and the receiving end of unemployment of the skills gap. And, and, and maybe some of the the ailments that we're seeing coming from the young people are directly because the young people feel like maybe they don't have options. They feel like they don't have opportunities. These might be, you know, uh, ways of letting out that frustration. Not that they're excuses, but then what we are seeing are the end results of the causes uh, that you spoke about um, a little bit earlier on. How can this be turned around? How do we turn um, that trickle-down strategy that we spoke about earlier on, upside down, so it's not from the top down, but perhaps from the bottom up?
1: Yes, I mean, and, and that's um, that's a difficult one and it's very personal to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a young person, so I know specifically the pain of being excluded from opportunities because you are young. Um, that That invisible... Um, barrier that I talked about earlier that precludes young people from participating meaningfully in the economy. It's in the way businesses operate. Um, they don't they don't want you if you don't fit a particular persona um for their business. Therefore that cuts young people completely off um from opportunities and from participating um in the economy. And that creates the despondence that Ubaba was talking about um in his utterances and comments earlier. So if we want to topple this, we need to be very purposeful about this. You know, people always talk about that we want to, we want to increase economic participation to young people, to women, but they don't in earnest do the work of Attracting young people, giving them the skills, giving them the know-how and facilitating them into participation within the economy. It's one thing to give somebody a skill, but if you don't give them the opportunity and the pipeline to channel that skill, there's nothing that that young person or that woman is going to do. Um, with that skill. So we're going to have to be very purposeful about it. It's not just about, you know, the skills aspect, a very important aspect, but following the skills, we need to create a pathway of some sort that sees you from skilling you um, to giving you opportunities and to give you some sort of pathway into participating within the economy. This could be through a job um, or this could be through, you know, starting up your own business or enterprise. But, it is a purposeful process, and it requires us to give that process attention, resources, so that pathways of that nature can work. We don't do the work. I think we we say that we want you know people to participate meaningfully, but we don't give pathways of this of this nature um, enough attention, enough resources, so that they actually work. And it's going to require you know for for various stakeholders in society to come together and agree that we've got a problem here and we need to address it. And if we're going to address it, we need to not just address it with our mouths and with good sentiment and speeches, but we're going to have to give it the necessary resources for it to work. And I think it can work, I mean, That's I think that's a takeaway from this conversation. These things can work. They just require for all of us to agree to work together, um, to create a compact of some sort so that we can achieve you know, this reality.
0: Great way of summing it up, uh, Mayor see the fact that various stakeholders need to to come together. It's not just at the doorstep of business. It's not just at the doorstep of government or the youth uh, or or, or women or those who've been disenfranchised. But those pathways, as you say, need to be created. Thank you so much um, this evening. Great chatting to you and, and exploring where we are at as far as economic freedom is concerned and perhaps more importantly, the pathway to that economic freedom. Thank you for your time, ma'am. Thank
1: you very much, Tony. Good night.
0: Good night. That's uh, Ms. Lebochang Muleisi. She's an economist and labor market policy coordinator at KOSATU Highlight